Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Monday Distillery. Monday Distillery is a new age beverage company revolutionizing the way we look at having a night out with friends. They make sophisticated, non-alcoholic beverages that are sugar-free and full of social graces. Now you can enjoy a good time, love what you drink and love yourself the next day too. Stay high in spirits, keep a clear mind. Cheers to Monday. Are you sick of feeling controlled by alcohol? Do you want to drink less? Do you wake up on a Sunday morning feeling really anxious and full of regret? I'm Danny Carr, and welcome to my podcast, How I Quit Alcohol. Hi, and welcome back to How I Quit Alcohol. Today in the Zoom room, I'm joined by Sam Wilson. Hey, Sam, how are you going? Very good. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much. I'm really stoked to have you on the podcast. I've been watching what you've been doing and what you're all about on Instagram. And Sam is the founder of an organization called Sober Mates. Can you tell us a bit about Sober Mates, Sam? Yeah, absolutely. So Sober Mates is a online community where we create educational content to help you explore your relationship with alcohol in a positive light. And how does one go about doing that? What happens? What happens? So um, we are only based online at the moment. We've got events coming up, which we'll be announcing very soon, which I'm super excited about. But our philosophy and our ethos around exploring your relationship with alcohol is that when I was going through it and trying to figure out whether I should quit drinking or not, I found that there wasn't a lot of resources or a community that spoke to young people that still want to socialize. So what we have on our Instagram page is helping you socialize without drinking, how to talk to your friends about giving up um, drinking for a weekend or forever, um, how to date sober, all these little things that I think we forget about when we're going sober is that alcohol has been the center focus of our life and of Australian culture for so long. And we need to work out how to move away from this. So with the content that we provide, it's when I say it's done in a positive light is that we're not here to bag out alcohol or anything like that. We're trying to change the vision to 
how can I explore my relationship with alcohol? How can I understand if alcohol is right for me and what are the next steps going forward? Mm. So how long have you been sober for? I've been sober for a year and three months. Wow, that's so fantastic. And what got you to the point? Well, firstly, I ask everyone on the podcast, when did you first start drinking and what was your relationship with alcohol like? Yeah, so I first started drinking I mean, I probably would have had sips here and there when before I was 16, um, but 16 was the age where I was going to 16th birthday parties and drinking there, even though it was behind my parents' back. I wasn't allowed to drink till I was 18, but I was a naughty teenager um, that went behind <laughs> their backs to get alcohol to drink to fit in and be cool. Um, and my relationship with alcohol developed over time till I quit when I was 26 and from the outside I think it would have looked pretty normal I went through high school I had a gap year and traveled I went to uni I got a good job and and I drank all through that but it wasn't until I was at uni where the binge drinking culture really started and set like set into my life that Mm. that constant battle of oh I don't want to drink this weekend and then you end up drinking anyway because everyone else is doing it and it was sort of easier to say yes than to say no and and at that time I was definitely more about fitting in than making sure I'm an individual person and then once I went into the corporate world I um, pre-COVID of course but was traveling a lot for work so I was drinking at the airport lounge, on the plane, when I got to the hotel, when I went out for dinner and I would be in Sydney for a few days a week, drink from Monday to Thursday, get back to my hometown in Geelong and then be playing catch up with my social life. So catching up with everyone for the next three days before I fly out again. And it was as it was a, it was a cycle and I did try and take breaks. Like there were months here and there where I wouldn't drink for a month or I'd take a week off. And and I thought that was me balancing it, but it, moderation didn't work for me and it does work for some and I I commend them on that but I don't think it works for me because I was a problem drinker and like I'd go out and I would try and go out for two I deliberately drive my car out but I'd end up taking an uber home and it was more I didn't want to have that stress of holding back and saying all right I'm just going for two for me it was easy just to say all right I'm not going to drink at all So I just get to focus on connecting with people when I go out. I don't have to be stressed about, okay, I'm not going to make any dumb decisions. I'm not going to get too drunk. I'm not going to have a terrible Sunday stressing about what I did the night before. Yeah, absolutely. I think so many and most probably I'm guessing most of the people that tune into this podcast have that same issue where they've tried to moderate for so long Mm. um, and then you realise just it's like it's exhausting. It's, you know, it's really hard. It's actually really hard to moderate. Sometimes it's easier just to go, you know what, fuck it, I'm just not doing it. And then that just takes all that, all those questions out and all that the problem, you know, all the maybe or should I, could I, could I just have one? It just takes that away. And that's one thing I found just so relaxing about deciding when we first started, we took our first 12 months off. It was just like, I don't even have to think about it. Just like, it's a no, it's a definite no, it's a hard no. And that's it. And that's it for me. And um, it, it really just makes life a lot easier. I really commend you on realizing this so early, like, oh my God, if I could go back into my, cause you're 27. If I, I'm 44, if I could go back into my twenties and realize so young, I think I had the same feelings even then, like, I don't really like, it's not sitting well with me and I don't like how I'm acting. And, but it was just so ingrained. I didn't even 
to me, it wasn't even an option to to mm. not do it. Even at times where I thought, oh, I need to pull back or I need to rein it in or I learn, need to learn to moderate a bit. It just wasn't a conversation that was really available yeah, between, I- you know, in my peer group. So I think well done for you to even get this conversation going for people in your age group. I think it's absolutely amazing what you're doing. Thank you so much. And completely agree. It's, it's that freeing movement of, yeah, it's a definite no forever. And, and it, it wasn't a light bulb moment where I was like, okay, this is it for me. It was a constant battle for the 10 years that I was drinking. You'd have those days we wake up feeling like crap and you're like, I'm never drinking again. And yes, most people we do go back to drinking the following weekend. But it is that battle that we have inside our heads But because we didn't think going sober was an option. And it completely is. And I truly believe that that movement is happening across Australia, not as fast as I would like, but um, it's happening. And I think that we need to give ourselves space to explore whether alcohol has a place in our life or not. Oh, absolutely. And it is happening. Like it's, there's like, there's newspaper articles all the time. There's the, I just interviewed Stu, who's opened the, one of the, the co-founders of Brunswick Aces, yeah. that awesome bar that's opening up, that's opened up, that's alcohol free. And there is a real movement happening. And I think the more all of us just get out and talk about it and share our stories and it just mm-hmm. makes it okay, it's not so taboo and this is something I can do. And having that support network as well is really huge. So that's also what you're offering for people. Is there like a platform where they connect or it's just that they read blog information? Mostly it's blog information on Instagram. So people do have conversations in the comments, which I love, Um, but our community is just growing at the moment at a really fast rate, which I'm loving. So we will have face-to-face events coming up, which I'm super excited for. And I can't give out a lot of details on that, but um, yeah, watch our Instagram post. They'll be uh, uploaded within the next month, which I cannot wait for. Oh, that's so exciting. Is it usually within your own age group of people that are reaching out to you? Um, So the people that are reaching out are either between the 25 to 35 mark um, and they've gone through their drinking period of their life and they're ready to take a break, or it's actually the 18 to 20-year-olds who are just starting out drinking and they don't like it. And they want to know how do we not end up like the 25-year-olds now. Um, But also they just want to know how to socialise without mates, sorry, with mates, without alcohol. I think, you know, in every social situation, whether it's birthdays, funerals, weddings, any sort of celebration, alcohol has been the focus for so long and it's about changing how we interact with people so we do feel more comfortable rocking up with an alcohol-free beverage in our hand instead of alcohol. What's one of your key um, tips that you have for someone on socialising alcohol-free if they're not sure how to show up? Yeah, so for me, I'm I'm a social person. I'm very social. I was stressed that I wouldn't be when I went sober, but that hasn't been the case at all. My biggest tip is I need to have like I still use alcohol free beverages as a placebo for me I like to hold a pretty glass in my hand um it's romantic for me and it makes me feel good and no one knows like I brought alcohol free wine to barbecues when I hadn't um come out that I was sober and no one even knows like if you're not comfortable telling your friends yet bring alcohol-free drinks. There's an incredible range out there now. Um, check out our post on Sobermates. We have a different beverage partner each month. So you can find something that 
either is alike to an alcohol that you used to drink or something that doesn't replicate alcohol at all, that's a trigger for you. I think the big thing for me is having what, like, I'm like, what do I do with my hands now? So yeah. I've always thought, you know, bring an alcohol free beverage. It's if you don't feel comfortable telling people, but also what I found is that people are like, oh, like, what are you drinking? And then it's like a conversation started like, hey, I'm having a weekend off. I'm just trying out this drink. Do you want to have a sip? Do you want to try it? And it's a, a good way to break the ice as well in that sense. You bloody legend, I tell you what. And I'm just thinking too, as you're talking, I think it's just so great for young people or any people, but especially <laughs> in your age group, just for their mental health. Like, you know, for one, not having that peer pressure to disconnect with themselves in that way by getting smashed mm. and and then the ramifications of that, but just being able to show up and be authentic and be themselves and be confident in their decisions, yeah. it's, it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. Like it's not easy. I think I'm lucky in the sense that I never drank for confidence. I'm quite a confident person and I love meeting new people. That's actually is a natural high for me is, is connecting with others. And for um, I have friends who drink for confidence and, you know, they they don't really get it that, you know, I'm rocking up to parties and I'm still loud and um, confident and they're like, oh, we can't be like that. And that's so fine. I don't think we have to mould into someone who we're not. I think we rock up to our party and be our authentic selves in the sense that if you're the shy person, be shy. Like, that's fine. I think we we use alcohol um, like the party, you know, they say the party doesn't get started until everyone's had that first drink. And that's because we're using alcohol as a buzz to chill us out. When in reality, we feel a bit awkward and a bit nervous when we rock up to a party because it's a, it's a scary thing to do. And it's our body's way of showing like, hey, we're in a new situation. We're going to be a little cautious before we fully relax into that situation. And that just goes back to, you know, how we're built as humans. So I like to say to myself when I go somewhere, where I know I'm going to be a bit nervous, like just tough out the next 20 minutes be a little shy, be a little bit enclosed and not so vibrant straight up and relax into the party and then find someone that you know, have a conversation with them and then and then broaden out. I think the there's misconceptions that we've just got to be these vibrant, loud, confident people. We don't need to be that if that's not a, who you are, but also we don't have to be that way straight away. Just ease into the party. There's no pressure on um, feeling relaxed straight away because it does take time to to feel chill in a new environment. Yeah, absolutely. And the the earlier we can learn to adopt that, just you know, connecting with our authenticity like that, and yeah. say, like you just said, like if you're feeling shy, that's okay. Sit with that. Yeah, sit with those feelings yeah. and you don't have to force your way out of it it's okay to be shy you know and as you say yeah. as it's always at the start of things I find too like when you first arrive somewhere you do you feel that like oh you know you could feel a bit awkward but that's okay yeah. and like you say just relax or find someone that you know to talk to whatever you need to do to get you through and usually by you know I don't know half an hour or so or by the end of the night you've kind you're cruising you're okay yeah, you're you're like, oh, okay, don't want the night to end now. <laughs> it's wonderful. Exactly. And then you go home and you're feeling you're feeling good and you wake up the next day and you're not like, oh, my God, what the hell did what I do? I do? But I think that's the thing when we're going out and drinking is previously we've used alcohol to numb those feelings and we don't have that escape anymore when we're not drinking. And I 
you know, this took me a while, but I've slowly learned to sit with my feelings now and, and acknowledge them. And instead of using alcohol to numb them and, and get rid of them, when I've had a bad day or a good day, I used to turn to alcohol. And now I'm like, okay, if I have a bad day, what are the next steps? How do I get to feeling good again? Or if I've had a good day, we're not celebrating with alcohol anymore. We're going to go celebrate a good day with catching up with a mate or a phone call or going out for a nice meal with friends. Oh my God. I'm just reading a book by a guy called Peter Levine and he is about somatic healing. And part of that somatic healing is, you know, to get in touch with your body and really feel your feelings. So when something comes up to sit with it, acknowledge it, don't try and get away from it and then let it pass, like let it have its natural progression. And that's exactly what you're talking about. But this is what, as we get older, we have to go into therapy to learn to tap, to learn how to feel our own feelings. Yeah. Oh, I just think, and, and years of drinking and drinking cover up the feeling. Like I feel uncomfortable, drink, you know, I, I feel nervous, drink. I, I feel like I need yeah. confidence, drink. And we just become so disconnected to our own feelings. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I think that recently um, in the media, I've been talking quite a bit about sober and dating and how I used to have a shot of whiskey before every first date. And now when I go on a first date, I love that thrill. It's like this crazy endorphin rush of like, oh my God, I'm meeting someone new and exciting. You don't know what's going to happen. And you let that energy and endorphin rush take you through to the first half hour of the date. And I love seeing them be nervous too. It's it's awesome watching people have real feelings and sit with them and um, go crazy with them a little bit too, which is fun. Oh my God. Yes. Having real feelings. That's exactly what it's all about, isn't it? You yeah. know, and this the sober movement really is that having I'm just writing this down, real, having real feelings and, and experiencing yeah. your real feelings. And like, yeah. oh, my God, who would have thought we could actually yeah. feel our real feelings? <laughs> so, like, it's so weird to say that out loud, isn't it? Like, oh, we, we get to feel our feelings. But it, it's that culture of drinking, whether we're having a good day or a bad day, that has stopped us from acknowledging it and being able to sit with those feelings. I think those that are um, sober or sober curious and and taking a break from alcohol, I love hearing about my friends, um, you know, at the end of the week when something's really good happening, they don't drink to forget about the good thing. They get to ride that good wave for a while as well, which is beautiful to hear. Yay, I love it. (laughs) So so good. so (laughs) awesome. And how about sober dating? Because that's, I mean, you know, I've been with Ash, my husband now, we've been together 20 years. And when we first, when we first got together, we were smashed the whole time. Like we were smashed (laughs) the first year. And like the first time we, we shagged smashed, like every, we just smashed. (laughs) I can't imagine um, dating and, and just just that I guess just being that in touch with yourself and and getting through that kind of awkward stage but it must be really yeah a real a real experience yeah like I've I have gone on so I went through a breakup during COVID um and going through that sober was interesting as well but I'm coming out the other side of that and starting to date again and being publicly sober it's it's very interesting I've surprisingly and I'm really happy to say is that most people have been okay with it and and happy with the decision that I've made. And I've just said, hey, this is a decision for me. I don't mind if you drink, um, but I'm not going to drink on our date. And I'd say 50% of the dates I've been on sober have actually been at a bar. Like I I don't... um, 
like I'm, I'm able to go to a bar and not feel enticed to drink alcohol or anything like that. But it's also the other half of that is I've been doing activity-based dates. So going for a walk, going for a swim, doing some sort of activity where you get to know the person. But if I'm nervous, doing activity is actually a really good distraction for a date. So if you're going mini golfing and you're terrible at it or you're really good at it, um, but the date's not going that well, you can sort of focus on the mini golf and not have to be worried about what you're saying to that person you're on a date with. (laughs) Absolutely. I think that's great. It's fantastic. And also I think there's something nice in that when you do get to the shag part, you know, whenever that is in your dating cycle, to be really conscious and aware of what's going on so that you also really enjoy that experience and it's a much more meaningful experience. And as women, we're a bit more protected as well, I think. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I think now that I'm sober, I actually stick to my three-date rule. (laughs) Um, Didn't always (laughs) stick to that when I was drinking on first date. (laughs) It is a moment of, there's two parts to it. The, The first part for me is sex is really really good sober I think once you get past the awkward nerves like I think sex can be a bit awkward and that's fine to get your groove but geez the orgasms are good geez you feel everything and the next day you wake up and you're like oh my god I remember that I remember that that was really good like loved yeah, it. Yeah. Um, yeah so I think my sex life has got a whole lot better then the other side of that is you know I'm, I'm a single woman and, and I enjoy a good sex life and when I was single um still single so when I was still drinking um and going out one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes nice dress uh it's a it's a t-shirt until you tried it on same goes for your health care that's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The girls and being like, oh, I might hook up tonight um, and taking someone home. I wake up the next day and, and I'm not too happy with who I've brought home and, and it's that mm. memory loss. It can feel a little awkward. And, and now when I go out with the girls, I it's it, I will admit it's really hard to have one night stands when you're sober because the people that I meet, yes, they're great, but I don't feel comfortable taking someone home that's been drinking when I am stone cold sober. I think um, there's issues with consent around that and also I'm not, you know, I never – bring home drunk dick anymore because I don't do that um so it's when I'm going out I might have a sneaky like kiss or whatever or like I'd rather exchange numbers get in contact me with me when you're sober let's go on a date let's meet that way I think the the one night stands of, of meeting drunk people out have sort of passed for me unless I'm meeting someone out sober which hey I may bring you home um good old tip for anyone going out sober and seeing me in town but, um, yeah, I think bringing drunk people home just 
doesn't fit with the person that I am now and I, I don't feel comfortable doing that it just feels so much more respectful like yeah it's just yeah yeah and it's like and you know you're meeting someone and, and being vulnerable with someone for the first time I want to make sure they're in a clear state of mind but I want to also make sure that they're in the right state of mind to give me the goods as well so I want to have yeah. a good time with that absolutely oh absolutely god I remember in my like really early 20s and late teens like coming home from a night nightclub and waking up the next morning rolling over like literally wanting to chew my arm off like what the fuck who and how why yuck sweaty and you're like why are you getting naked with this person I've been dancing for like three hours like no disgusting (laughs) yeah yeah some of the situations you think that you've you know put yourself in in the oh god makes me cringe it's like oh my god you know yeah yeah yeah. I'm um I've the house I currently live in I've been here for the last four and a half years and you know this house has carried me along my long-term breakup to becoming independent to having a party lifestyle to then becoming sober and experiences in this house I'm like oh these walls could tell stories (laughs) (laughs) so how did your friends take the move so what originally happened was I had a really big night um at my friend's hen's party and I had a four-day hangover from hell and I just thought I can't wake up like this anymore. Like I'm so done. I need a break. So I told myself I'm going to have a three-month break from alcohol. And as I said earlier, I've, I've had one-month breaks before, but for those 30 days I was just counting down to the first so I could drink again. And this time it was different because I said for this three months I really want to read um, sobriety books and podcasts and get involved and really understand I thought I was – abnormal I'm like why can't I drink like everyone else why can't I just drink Mm. like a normal person and that was a mindset I went going in with it was yep I'm gonna figure out my relationship with alcohol in three months time let's see where I'm at and I got told my friends and family and they were actually too supportive in the sense that I'm t- I was told them I'm taking a break for my mental health and they're like oh that's good that's a really good idea for you we really think you should do that it's going to be really good for your mental health and I'm like oh okay maybe I've got a bit of an issue more of an issue than I thought I had so they were super supportive um with that like when I stopped drinking um after my friend's hens I then had a wedding five weeks later and she supplied alcohol free wine which was absolutely beautiful but mm-hmm. I got six okay. weeks yeah love her got six weeks in and I was waking up so happy and I'm like I could do this every day I could actually wake up happy every day if I didn't drink again so it was it was a split second decision where I was like I'm really happy I want to continue to be happy I'm removing alcohol I'm done so I started telling the girls then and they were like oh like still supportive but the forever thing sort of caught them a bit they're like oh like maybe you have a break for a year or, you know, you have to drink at your wedding. And I'm like, well, I'm not seeing anyone. Like, I don't even know why I'm talking about my wedding. You know, I'm going to get married, guys. Um, but, yeah, so they were a bit cautious when I said forever. But a few months into my sobriety, they get it. Like, they don't see me going back. Um, they're so supportive of my decision. Some of them I'd even call sober curious now with the conversations we have and their relationship with alcohol, which is so wonderful to see that I'm having an influence on my close circle. But yeah, like overall, I'm I'm really lucky with my support group. I like there was a few girls that I used to party with that 
I don't see anymore, but that's purely because our relationship was built on alcohol and going hard on the weekends. And that's just not what I'm about anymore. So it's not like um, we had a disagreement about alcohol or anything like that. It's just that our friendship had let its course. We'd had a good few years together and now we just don't need to see each other that often because we're doing different things in our life. Yeah. Yeah. And that just happens. Yeah. It's just the, the natural ebb and flow of things, I think, as well. Like yeah, sometimes yeah. we get so worried about that. But, you know, I always say to people, your tribe will come. If they're not already there, they'll come as well. Come. So just trust yeah. in that. The stigma attached to being sober is I thought that I'd be a recluse and that it'd be boring and no one would like me. And the total opposite of that happened. My world actually opened up more than I ever thought it could. I've gained so many more friendships I've widened widened my social circle but I've got such deep connections with people now like true friendships like really there for each other really learning about what's going on in each other's lives and helping each other achieve and grow together it's such an I always like I've loved personal development all my life and now it's it's really embedded into my lifestyle I'm interacting with people that just want to grow and develop and I know that wouldn't have happened if I was still drinking it's the sobriety that's given me a clear head and more energy and more hours in my day to connect with other like-minded souls yeah absolutely did that kind of happen that expansion with your social networks did that happen when you started the Instagram page putting a voice behind your sobriety or did it happen before before and after so when when I decided six weeks, yep, this is going to be forever, I started looking for Australian sober communities of people my age to interact with and I couldn't find any. So that's why I started Sober Mates. I wanted to connect with young people that still socialise, that are exploring their relationship with alcohol. Um, and in that sense, I created and, and found a beautiful community of, of online friends to discuss all the issues we go through and things like that. But a face-to-face situation my my social group has expanded. I live in Geelong in Victoria, Australia, and I've started doing more activities and consistently that I didn't previously do. So I'm now really consistent with my yoga practice. I've got new yoga buddies. I am consistent with my ocean swims. I've got a group of four of us. We're called the Water Bibbies, and we swim every week um, down at Eastern Beach. And I know I wouldn't have continued doing that if I was still drinking because I would have made excuses not to get up in the morning. And then another group that I've um, connected with is a bunch of us go to ice baths on a Saturday morning. Um, oh, down wow. Yeah, yeah. So I've been doing that since Feb. And they're such a beautiful group of friends. I'm going out for dinner with them tonight and tomorrow we're doing ice baths. Like these, like it, all these different little communities that either I've created or, or joined to be a part of, I know I wouldn't have done if I was still drinking because I never did anything consistently enough to, to follow through. It's an absolutely like so many people are so worried that their life's going to end if they stop drinking, but you're living testament. And I think most yeah. of us are living testaments that if yeah. you, if you look at it in a positive way and see it as a wonderful thing you're doing for yourself and you get really proactive with your sobriety, like mm. they just sort of hide away watching Netflix, but actually yeah. get out there. It's just, there's this huge expansion. Like you say, life just sort of, it it's like you come to life almost. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I don't want people to think that that was easy for me or anything like that. Like I did the work, like I worked out to figure out what my triggers are around alcohol and, and why it doesn't work for me. And then, and then, once I was okay with the decision saying, all right, alcohol's not right for me. Um, I'm going to come out as a sober person and I'm going to still be me, still be the social Sam, but do it sober. 
that was then when my life opened up because I was okay with my decision. I knew I was making the right choice for my mental health. Like it wasn't the easiest thing to do, but absolutely was, it was just the simplest answer to improve my mental health. Yeah. And sometimes you have to just ask yourself these questions and see how it sits in your body too, like speaking about somatic healing and things like that. But if you ask yourself a question and think, even if you're thinking about it this weekend and think, I don't really want to drink this weekend or how does it feel for me if I don't drink this weekend and just see how, you know, if there's any tension in your body that comes up or if you think about going out this weekend and think I'm going to, you know, buy drinks and get smashed and, okay, how does that sit in my body and is there any tension coming up for me? And if there is tension in the body, I think it's your body saying, no, we don't want this. And then see how it sits with how it sits with you and what answers come up. You know, is does that feel like a good decision for me? And I think most usually when we're making right decisions for ourselves, we don't have that tension. We don't have that resistance in our body. Um, That's a good start. And just like you say, asking yourself the question, like, and and knowing what's my triggers, what's my, what do I really want? Who do I want to be? Who am I without the alcohol? And there's all these questions that you can explore and get pen to paper even and and yeah. then and then from then on making a plan I guess so this this podcast is called how I quit alcohol so could you just run us through how did you deal with the triggers that came up yeah so I messaged um Bianca Ismailovsky on day five um she was actually my sober inspiration she's a comedian um and runs her own podcast as well and she had this crazy party life and went sober and I thought shit if she can do it well then I can do it too so I messaged her on day five she was amazing she replied she sent through a number of resources and books to read so I read um Annie Grace's This Naked Mind and I know this book gets talked a lot about in our community but it was absolutely life-changing for me each chapter I was like yeah tick I get it I understand that and it really that book changed my mindset on alcohol. It completely changed my way of thinking and thinking that, yeah, alcohol is a part of my identity to, I don't even need this in my life. And I still can't believe the 180 that I've done with my decision-making around giving up alcohol. But I read all the books and they're relatable. Um, You know, I thought I was alone in my story. I thought, I was the only one that got anxiety. I thought I was the only one that was too scared to check their phone or too scared to catch up with their mates on a Sunday worrying about what I said or may have done. But I'm actually not alone in that. And I think that's why um, I was so keen on starting Mates because I think it's so important to talk about lived experience. Mm, Um, Yeah, but it like, yeah, I I did the work. I, I journaled a lot. I read all the books I did the podcasting thing and that that actually all worked for me the the reading it and changing my mindset and understanding the science behind how our brains work you know I think we forget we're putting a drug into our system that changes our brain's ability to make risk-based choices and and things like that so Mm. I also had the benefit of I was a social drinker and I gave up a month before we went into lockdown so I didn't have that social peer pressure to drink. Um, and then as soon as we went into lockdown, I got rid of all the alcohol. Um, of, well, my alcohol stash, I live in a share house, so there was alcohol in the house, but just not mine. And I just bought a heap of alcohol-free wines and gins and filled the cupboards in the fridge. So if I ever did get an urge, there was something there for me. I could pour myself an alcohol-free glass of wine. And for that first, oh, I would say 
two to three months, I was still having a glass of alcohol-free wine at the end of the day, but it was that placebo that really worked for me. And some people don't like that, um, that I promote alcohol-free beverages, but it completely worked for me. And if it's going to work for someone else, then I'm going to talk about it because it's all about lived experiences. It's all about sharing experiences so that we can learn off each other and develop as a person. Absolutely. And there's not one size fits all to this. Like one person's approach might not work for another person. And I'm the same. Like I don't do the alcohol-free drinks per se, but my husband does. He drinks alcohol-free beer and I'll have like mocktail and things like that. It's fine. It's just like whatever works for some people works and and some people it doesn't. I think people who have had a a really serious addiction to alcohol that may be an AA and like daily drinkers that can be triggering. Sometimes not too. It's just knowing yourself and knowing how it makes you feel. Yeah. It's a work in progress. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it works for me. If I always premise on stove mates that, you know, this isn't always well, this will not work for people that are still going through addiction and, and haven't, I'm um, not in that place of their life yet. And that's so fine. But for me, I I know I wouldn't be sober without alcohol-free beverages. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's made it for me. Yeah, they absolutely have their place. I totally agree. Yeah. Um, and so you did some journaling, listened to podcasts. And I think you're right too. I think being just proactive in your sobriety, like once you've mm. made the decision, like we were saying before, just being super proactive and just, yeah, having a plan yeah. and, and just getting on the front foot with it. And yeah, and I, I would say to anyone to fill your fridge with alcohol-free drinks. If it's not, you know, it could be the alcohol-free beers or wine or it could just be the fridge for kombucha. There's so many other options that, you know, don't relate to alcohol as well. <laughs> I think we've got a lot more options than we previously thought and I didn't realise how many options we had until I started looking into it. It's incredible the choice we had compared to 10 years ago. I know it's just incredible. And was there any other times where you felt really triggered, like at a social event or anything like that, or you were just so hell bent you'd made the decision? I'm pretty, I am pretty hell bent with my decision. I'm very happy with my choice, and I know that alcohol cannot give me um, anything that I don't already have in my life. Um, the probably the moments that I've felt triggered is that. I'm a foodie um, and watching people have red wine with um, their meal can be a little triggering for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's just because of the culture that I grew up in and and what society says is that um, alcohol is just being romanticised on movies and television and in media and on ads that we, that, you know, holding a glass of red is this glamorous thing. and, And I, definitely associated my identity with being this glamorous woman that always had a glass of wine in our hand but it also doesn't show the other side of the anxiety that came with it so I think that um that has been a little triggering for me not the sense that I I'm going to reach out for a glass or anything like that but sometimes I've been like oh like that's something that I do miss but it's not it outweighs like it's not going to outweigh everything that I've got in my life right now yeah, and sometimes that's exactly all it is. It's like weighing it up, weighing up your options yeah. and, and knowing where that, that drink's going to go. Like if you think, yeah. oh, I'll just have that one, and then pretty much you can split screen it to the next day and waking up the next morning. Yeah, and then the cycle starts again. So, yeah, I'm yeah. very set on my decision, and I know it's privileged for me to say that as well. Yeah, for me, I know that everything in my life, that alcohol cannot compare to that at all. 
Yeah, absolutely. Sam, you are incredible. Like I just look at you and I just think, wow, amazing. I wish if I went back into my twenties, I was had, you know, I wish I was where you were then, but you've got to go through your journey. Absolutely. Yeah, you can't change things. Is there anything if you could go back in time? I ask every guest this, if you could go back and sit with the younger version of yourself, what advice would you give yourself? Oh, this is really interesting. Um, I try not to um, stress about the decisions I made previously when I was drinking because I think that's just a part of my journey. But I do believe that, like, what I really do wish is that I'd, I'm the organiser of my social group and I organised our winery tours and everything that had alcohol was the focus. I wish I'd created more events where alcohol is not the focus, that connections with my mates is the focus, which is what I do now. Um, yeah, I just wish as being the organiser of the group that I organised sober events that, you know, it didn't have to say, oh, this is a sober event, but it was based on connections and getting to know people. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I can really imagine you organising some sober events going forward. So I'm looking forward to seeing what you do and keep us posted on what's next as well. And I'd love to share that and I'd love to get you back on if there's something coming up you want to share. And I just think what you're doing is incredible. And like I say, it's great for the mental health for all these people in their 20s and everyone really that's that's going to come in contact with you. I think it's absolutely wonderful what you're doing. And you're amazing. So good on you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. So um, the other thing in just closing, um, I've got my alcohol-free challenge coming up on July the 1st. We start three-month sober challenge. So for all you sober curious people out there, if you want to give it a crack, for three months, the whole program is based around self-love, nurturing yourself, connecting back to yourself, reframing your negative mindset, reframing your relationship with alcohol. So if anyone's interested, hit me up with an email. And if anyone wants to hear about what Sam's up to, and I'll put all the links to you, Sam, and what you're doing in the show notes. And if people want to connect with you on Instagram, it's just at Sobermates. Is that correct? Yes, that is it. That is awesome. Okay. Thank you so much, Sam, for coming on. Thank you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.